0: This is It Just Takes One, one person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. In 2020, we connected with nine teenagers from across the country who ended up coming together to write and publish a book. We published the book in August of 2020 in the very early stages of the pandemic. And the book was called Quarantine, Our New Normal. And these nine teenagers ranged in age from 13 to 18 years old. And they took time during that very uncertain moment in our history to actually do something positive, to write about their experience so that they could share it with others. Well, fast forward to 2022, and it occurred to me that it would be really interesting to go back and interview those nine teenagers again. I wanted to see what had happened to them in the two years since they had published their book. I wanted to hear more about where they were now in life, how the pandemic had impacted them, and what it was like to be a published author at their young ages. It was fascinating to be able to talk with them again. Two years is a long time in the life of a teenager, and they grew, they expanded what they were doing in the world, they matured, and really had some great insight on what it meant to be a best-selling published author, what it meant to be a teenager growing up at this pivotal moment in history and great vision and hope for the future. I was able to interview them, some of them together, and then some of them individually, and we just compiled all of it together. So although this is a longer episode than normal, I hope you really enjoy it. Take it in small bites if you need to, Um, but they are really, really incredibly intelligent young men and women, and they have some great insight for all of us. And so I invite you to sit back and listen in as the quarantine authors share their update and their story. It is so, so good to see all of you again. It has been Two almost, well, a year and a half, I guess, probably since we last actually saw each other. And I'm just so excited to share where you are now, find out what you're doing, let people know what's happened in the two years since you began writing this book. And as we're sitting here today, it's January, 2022. It's actually two years from the time we first started working on getting a book together, We started writing it a little bit later, but it was in January that we started putting the call out to people to see if any teenagers out there might want to write the book. So two years have passed, some of the craziest two years anybody has ever experienced. And I'm looking forward to hearing where you guys are now and and what's happening. So, Chase, I'm going to start with you. I would love for you to share some of the things that have happened to you in the in the year and a half since the book was actually published.
1: So since we published the book, I mean, my, my life has continued. I'm now 18 years old. I just turned 18 like a week ago. Um, really exciting for me. Get to join the draft. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All those big but, moments in uh, life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get to vote. I get to vote. That is exciting.
0: There you go.
1: Um, and there's probably some other stuff. Legal technicalities and things that I can participate in, <laughs> um, but I am in the process of applying to and deciding where I want to go for college next year. Super ready to get on with that part of my life, and I've also come to the conclusion that I really want to pursue writing um, for both like career, I guess vocational and like artistic reasons. I think it's the best medium for me. Um. And so I'm really excited to start going down that path and, you know, explore a new space, a new environment from a place where I've grown up my whole life. Um, I, yeah. And just get a really good holistic feel, get my hands around exactly what I want to, where I want to go.
0: Do um, you think that becoming a published author played a role in your decision to go into writing?
1: I think it really did. I, I, And it didn't really hit me all at once. Later, I became very appreciative of the experience because um, it was a lot less daunting. For a while, I thought that I wanted to be a studio artist, a visual artist. And it's not something that I think is ever really gonna leave my life. But as a career, I don't think it really fits me or my personality as much as writing does. Um, And having the experience of working with an editor and working with a publisher and having a book out there and people receiving it and people saying that they liked it and what I did, Gave me a lot of confidence to continue practicing and working towards, you know, wherever my end is. Um, well, I'm looking so, forward to yeah. seeing
0: what happens and where you go and what kind of writing you end up doing. Uh, but I'm glad that it was at least uh, a seed planted, or or maybe just some fertilizer on a seed that you had already been considering. Um, kind of yeah, made it a little bit more of a of a decision for you.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, that's the best way I would describe it.
0: Really good. Lauren, how about you? What are some of the things that have happened to you in the year and a half since we published the book?
3: Um, so when I was doing this book, I was a junior, which seems like a whole blur. And I'm currently a senior in my second semester, and I'm committed to University of Iowa as a creative writing and journalism major with hopefully a minor in something to do with media Um, but I mean being a published author has helped so much with my college experience because it's helped me open doors I didn't know were there before it's kind of gotten me you know like a a good rep because I already have something published and as I work with the magazine in high school called Drops of Ink that's what our magazine is so that's gotten me a lot of experience as well. And I'm very grateful for all of it, especially being able just to interact again with people because we did Zoom for a while. And honestly, I would love to meet everybody in person, which was kind of difficult during that time during COVID. So I'm pretty grateful that I'm able to actually get out and do some stuff.
0: Yeah, the world has changed. We'll talk about that a little bit. I'm curious. Did you use the book as part of your application process? I know that's sometimes something that somebody wants to become published because it becomes part of their portfolio as they're out there either looking for that college that they're going to go to or a, a job.
3: Right. So I didn't plan on using it as a college application or something to write down. I didn't plan to have it you know, be a resource in my college experience, but it definitely has become one. I've met a lot of people who are like, oh, I've heard of your book. Oh, I know people are out there. Oh my gosh, I saw you on this little magazine. That was awesome. And it definitely helps with getting you more acknowledged in the college because there's not a lot of kids who can say, oh, I'm a published author. And oh, I mean, it was a bestseller and we still continue to have wonderful sales. So, it's opened doors for sure. It's definitely helped me realize I was on the right path to want to do, I wanna do with my major. And um, I think it just helps provide some clarity during the college process so I could recognize what I really wanted to do. Really good.
0: Chris, how about you? What are some of the experiences you've had in the past year and a half?
4: Uh, Well, because of the book, I've uh, been interviewed on the two radio stations and I've been on like the local news, which is a pretty cool experience. It's like not many people can say that they've done that. And uh, it's something that really helped me improve myself, I guess. Um. Also many teachers and like friends have told me about the book and said that they've seen like it on the news or in the newspaper. and that they bought it. So that's pretty interesting.
0: That's really interesting. You actually, Chris, you actually wrote about the impact that your teacher had on you during COVID. Did you share your book with him?
4: Oh yeah. He, he knows about it. He, he said he liked it. Uh, and I think that he's continuing to do like uh, stuff that I talked about, like even now.
0: That's Great. That's great. Really good, Jeremy. How about you? How has this last year and a half been for you?
4: Um, well, pretty much the same as Chris. I'm a junior, so I still have a bit more time before I start applying to colleges. And uh, I think I will use the book as like part of my application. That's it the more I think about it, the crazier. Like it's like crazy that I was able to do this. And uh, yeah, not many kids have done this. I remember um, going around town when I first came out and I would just like in random places, like say I went to church or some random people would come up. Oh, I heard about your book. Where can I buy it? So that that's probably a cool experience.
5: It is. It's
0: really wild. You kind of bring up a good point though. You know, it, Two years is a is a big amount of time in, in your lives. A lot happens in those two years. And Jeremy, you're talking about sort of that feeling like you, you you go back and you look at it, and you're like, wow, it's really crazy that we went through that experience and did all that writing. Chris, do you feel that same way? Sort of that, wow, dude, that just wild that it happened.
4: Yeah, I feel that way. Like at the beginning when I was like writing the book, I didn't really think too much about it. Like, I was just doing it, but now I see, like, how much of an accomplishment it was.
0: Yeah, and like a little like, perspective over time. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Lauren, I'm curious, when you go back now and read your chapter, what do you think about what you wrote, how it was written, what you spoke about? What are your thoughts on it now that you have this a little distance and a little different
3: perspective? I mean, I've definitely expanded my vocabulary. Let's start there. (laughs) Um, But I mean, when I read my chapter, I look back at it and I feel like the truth in what I was trying to say, you know, that's always wonderful. I've always liked to kind of have an elegant writing style. So I feel like looking back, I definitely see things I could improve on. And I definitely see like how I was I don't want to say struggling, but how I was having issues back then with COVID, no one knew what was happening. So I feel like it's definitely helpful to look back at the book and remember all the fun things that happened while write about something so kind of close to heart, something that's important to me. And I feel that if you look back at your chapter now, you definitely see things you could edit which is 100% true with anything you read in the past because you're always like, oh, here's a tidbit I could change or here's something I could do different. But honestly, I'm glad that I could portray my own voice through this chapter. And I feel I feel like it was an experience worth living because not everyone gets to have this chance. So I'm pretty grateful that I could convey everything I needed to say in that chapter, despite having things I'd change.
0: You're bringing up a really good point because there's editing. I always say this editing is an endless process, meaning it can happen forever and ever. Because every time you look at it, you could change a word or add something you didn't add. And then as you get older and have different experiences and more knowledge, you want to go back and add that in. So it is an endless process. But what I really love about what you said is when you go back and you read it and you feel the truth that you were trying to convey. And you know that that truth was there in those words. Then I think you've done your job as a writer, and and the editing will go on forever. But but being able to write so that you feel that authenticity, I think, is is really important. Chase, how about you? When you go back and read your chapter, what are your thoughts on it now?
1: A lot of the a lot of the same ideas, I think. Um... <laughs> kind of maybe maybe i recoil a little bit from the writing style and um just the way that i went about portraying my message um probably more than the average reader but <laughs> i to me it's also a very big um, a very big checkpoint for my own i guess internal monologue i think writing wasn't a super huge passion of mine for a very long time it was something that I did it was always in the background of the things that I enjoyed I all my interests were kind of wrapped around it I really loved learning new languages and linguistics and um, cultural diffusion and different sociological things like that Um, and I loved writing I loved writing but I never really focused on writing well (laughs) Uh, and so this book came around and I was like this is this is an opportunity for me to really try and get into fiction get into writing something fictional um specifically to portray how i was feeling at the times fiction to portray how the real world felt unreal perhaps um and i think you know what i think to my abilities i sufficiently achieved what my goal was i i am proud of my chapter but i think it also represents me trying to maybe undo uh, kind of tampering with or fixing and paving over what I think my my style and my uh, my writing has really come to be at this point um, because I wrote a lot for school and like essays and critical thought and things like that. Um, but I really want to try and write more fiction. So yeah, it's just like a turning point for me, I think. Yeah, gives um, you chance to
0: kind of dip your toe in that water and test it and try it and see. Um, the, the creative energy was there, but we don't always get a mm-hmm. chance to express it that way when we're sort of told you have to be writing in these certain structures. So um, obviously yeah. it, it was something that you wanted to explore and want want to continue to explore and grow with that creative writing piece and the fictional yes. aspect.
1: It was the excuse that I needed to really get myself to get into it um i realized i just based on the literature that i was exposed to growing up and what my favorite books always were i don't think i really i don't i don't really jive with contemporary writing a whole lot or the way that it exists a lot now i read i read a lot of fantasy novels and i enjoyed them but it doesn't represent me as an author and so i kind of have been thinking about and internalizing and returning to sort of my more uh, literary roots. Mm. Um, and it's been very just illuminating for me.
0: Sure. Sure. And all part of a journey, you know, that could, if you look at some of your favorite writers and you look at some of their early writing, and then you look at some of their later writing, you see the path that they went through as well. Um, the, the pr- it's a practice, not a perfect, right. It's, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. So, Well, I want to share with you, speaking of a journey, um, your book actually took a journey that you, I don't think any of you are aware of, or at least I don't think you're aware of. You were, at the time that you were published, you were on Todd Durkin's podcast, a group of you, several of you, and somebody in Australia was listening to that podcast Soon after that, he got in touch with me and he said, my son is in second grade and it has been such a challenging time for these young elementary school kids. I think they would benefit from doing a book just like those teenagers did. Would we be able to work with you to put out a book for these second graders? So sure enough, because you all inspired it, we published Quarantine Down Under which is Through the Eyes of a Child, written by second graders from the Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic Primary School in Fairfield, Australia. And they wrote little little snippets about what they were experiencing during quarantine with their pictures. And then some of the other kids in the school were hearing about it. And so it was decided that the fifth and sixth graders would write the foreword. And so the foreword was written by the fifth and sixth graders. And so this beautiful book about quarantine in Australia was inspired by quarantine in the US. So I wanted to share that with you and get your thoughts on that. Chris, what do you think about that?
4: Oh, it's amazing. I didn't think that we would have that kind of an impact. Like on the little kids,
0: right? Right. Yeah, in mean,
4: Australia too.
0: Yeah. How about that? Like, you know, you're you're a role model for these kids.
4: Yeah, I I didn't think that would be making an impact in Australia in that way.
0: <laughs> Jeremy, what what are your thoughts on that?
4: Uh, I mean, I just think it's crazy. It's like across the world in Australia. I'm not sure, like, I don't even know what to say about that. It's just crazy.
0: It's just amazing how, how you know, that ripple effect. You you put something in the water and you don't know where those ripples are going to end, but literally across the world. Lauren, what are your thoughts?
3: I mean, I'm kind of like glowing right now. I think it's great that we can take a very local kind of thing, like something that like, I didn't think my voice would be heard all the way in Australia. That's nuts. And the fact that it wasn't just like a second grade like class, they all wanted to get together, but the fifth and sixth graders got together and wrote like, a what was it? It was the epilogue. The foreword. of so the, the introduction of yeah. it. So the fact that, that happens from something we thought would be kind of a fun thing to do in the US is kind of crazy. I mean, you don't think you'd touch that many people with just one book and a podcast. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool.
0: It's really cool. Isn't it Chase? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, (laughs) I think, I don't know, it, it, it kind of gives some clarity to thinking about your impact as an individual, like a lot of the things that we do and the ways that we affect people, it could be across the world very similarly, but we'll never know. I mean, it, it's just usually such an intangible phenomenon that to see it kind of spelled out for us here is really like just mind numbing, I guess. Like it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. And I've,
0: Yeah, I, I think you know, that's exactly right. People that far away. We never, sometimes we do know we impacted somebody if we have the chance to speak with them, but what we'll never know is how many we impacted that we could never have spoken to or didn't tell us. And literally from one side of the world to the other, it travels. So I wanna thank you guys for that because it was really a pleasure working with that group of kids and their teachers and their parents Um, but it was really all inspired by all of you. So a huge thank you on that. I do want to switch gears for a moment and just get away from the writing piece and just kind of talk about the world because you guys are living through this time, this pandemic and where we were back then (laughs) compared to where we are now is a little different, but your world has also changed. And I just want to have you guys share a little bit about what is life like for you now that you're really two years into this pandemic, some of you finishing up your high school. um, What's what's it like? What's a daily life like compared to when we were in that lockdown phase? Jeremy, let's start with you. What's, What's life like on a daily basis now compared to
4: then? Um, I could definitely see a lot more people now, mm-hmm. friends and family, and it definitely means a lot more, because back then I couldn't see anyone. I actually got COVID for a bit, and it was during the time when I was supposed to visit all my family,
6: mm-hmm. so that
4: kind of kind of sucks. But then I, after quarantine, I went around and visited, so that was nice. Um, yes, that's
0: right. And you actually... Um... Well, Chris, I think, mentioned it. Your your chapter, you didn't mention it as much, but your your grandmother was with you during the lockdown, right, and wasn't able to get back over to Canada. Talk a little bit about that was then, and this is now. How is the travel back and forth now?
4: Um, so now we were supposed to go visit our grandma in Canada, actually, and because of the border test or the test we were supposed to take before I unfortunately got tested positive, so I can go. But then after quarantine, our grandma came and grandpa came over. So uh, they're staying over here for a bit. I th- it's a little bit easier to travel back and forth now than it was before. As
0: long as you're it's, not testing positive.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Chris, do you want to add anything to that? Anything else different? What's what's it like at school now?
4: Uh, in school? We're back every day with, uh, you're you're not on Zoom unless like you get COVID or in quarantine. So you're not like allowed to skip to be online, just uh, be online. Also, you have to wear masks all the time, which was like we had to do before, but now it's uh, much more strictly enforced unless when we're eating and then, but even then we're like separated six feet apart.
0: Like for you? I mean, it's what's it like to be masked? Is it sort of just normal now or does it still feel awkward? What's it like?
4: Uh, it's becoming more normal because like now you have to wear it even in every indoor building. Um, there's no like place you can't wear it, I guess. So, but it's still like kind of annoying, but it's getting more easier to where
0: everybody's just kind of used to it
4: yeah yeah
0: yeah and you guys are here in new york chase what's it like down there in louisiana for you
1: um i mean pretty good it's pretty good i am back at school and i have been for quite a little bit the restrictions have just been different um and with the third wave kind of over us as as we speak right now, really. Um, I actually am feeling a lot more hopeful uh, for the future. There are a lot of things that could be better, obviously, but as far as death is going, we are a lot better than we were two years ago. Um, I have been very fortunate to not lose any of my immediate family, um, but we did have some scary close calls. And so, right now, I feel like that my future is no longer jeopardized, um, and I feel a lot more freedom, kind of coming into my own and being allowed to explore the world as it was, and that I am not now existing in a just forever shifted and malaligned reality. Um, So, I I feel—I feel
0: feel better. I think that contrast—it's a really good point, actually. Do you think you feel that sense of freedom now even more deeply because you didn't have that ability? You had, you know, all the uncertainty and just even the restriction kind of allowed you now to really fully appreciate freedom and movement in a different way?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's the entire concept of gratefulness and appreciation where something is taken away and then give it back. And suddenly you feel and see its influence in your life so much more. Um, I mean, to be honest, when I was younger and younger, when I was 15, 16, <laughs> um, uh, honestly, this, that kind of scenario was really only explored in like horror novels. I mean, and that kind of came to light as quarantine was going on. Like, it was like, wow, there was this horror novel 10 years ago that predicted quarantine and what would happen very accurately. Um, but it's true because it, it is the subject of some sort of, um, horrifying scenario the idea that we could all just be socially isolated um very with a very rapid onset too with no signs of deliverance or anything out of the unusual and then one day suddenly people are at each other's throats um and loneliness is at its peak you know i there there have been several things just the impact on everyone's mental health and on society i mean i had a I had a neighbor who um, unfortunately passed away during lockdown. They uh, decided to end their life, um, and so you could. There are there are very physical mars, mars and marks against the community that are still being felt. But I think it's made us all stronger, and specifically forcing us to utilize the internet to connect with people that are very far away. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we will. Come out with some kind of net positive um, through all of this.
0: So it's a, it's a good, I, I agree with you. Lauren, how about you? What's what's life like now compared
3: to then? I mean, I can go back to school. That's the thing I never thought I'd be grateful for, you know, but it has <laughs> happened. You're like, oh, I want to go back to school, I want to sleep no, we got to go back to school. It's kind of a back and forth right now. I'm kind of tired. But I mean, if you think about it, sitting in front of a computer all day really does get you feeling fatigued. And I kind of like going back to school just to see people, which is something I know that we talked about beforehand in our first podcast. But Being able to actually talk with someone face-to-face is so much different than talking with someone through Zoom. You can, for one, see how tall they are. You only get a shoulder-up shot sometimes with the Zoom if it's not pointed at the ceiling. And I feel like it's definitely a lot different to be able to have that physical connection with people. I know for some college searches, I was on Zoom the entire time, and that's not something you want to do when you're trying to live there for four years. So I'm grateful that we're able to travel. So that's huge. I'm grateful that we can see people. And because of COVID, I know people have been getting sick a lot. I have friends who have gotten sick. Thankfully, no one in my family has passed away, knock on wood to COVID. But I have seen the effect it has on people's health and the effect it has on their families. And I feel like that's still something people are going to struggle with because it's very hard to mourn someone in a normal way. And it's even harder to mourn them when you can't see them in their last breath. So I, I don't know how to feel about COVID right now because one of my friend's family just passed away. And I think we're all kind of missing the ability to see each other during this time. But I know for sure that COVID has definitely made me realize small things in life. And it's definitely made me realize an overarching thing that we really need to stick together. Because, like Chase said, it's really hard when you're alone, and that loneliness can lead to awful things. So
0: I, I agree. I agree. And, and you bring up a couple interesting points as well, Lauren, because, you know, we're still, I I kind of think of it as a boat that's rocking and and, and it's definitely more stable than it was when we started writing this book where everything was really tilted, (laughs) Uh, but it's not settled yet. We haven't quite found the new rhythm fully yet because we're still in, um, like you said, Chase, a, a big wave right now, uh, but things are different for sure. One of the things that you brought up, though, is some of the things that that you actually miss from being in COVID. Is there anything, Chris, that you actually miss about that being back a year and a half ago in that lockdown?
4: Uh when I was, I mean, every we had to stay home for everything, like, but. I do miss like having mm, the freedom to kind of do whatever I want at home. Uh, I didn't really have to worry about school or anything or any work because it was mostly like just simple assignments, whereas now like test are in person and like there's more assignments and homework and stuff. But back then, I didn't really have to worry about that. I could like stay at home, even though I couldn't see people, I could like still talk with them online. But I kind of guess I do miss the amount of schoolwork that I had to do.
0: I remember in your chapter, Chris, you wrote about um, it was kind of like a snow day, felt like a snow day (laughs) at first (laughs) until you kind of got into it for a while. But at first it was sort of that excitement of like, oh, we're not going to be in school. We're going to get a break. It's going to be a vacation kind of thing. Um, And there's sort of the the excitement that comes with the uncertainty that, that you can miss also. Jeremy, in your chapter, you wrote as if it was 50 years down the road and then looking back as if your grandchild had just heard about it. What do you think now, based on how you wrote it then, would you do you think you captured it pretty well? What would you say now if you were 50 years ahead? Um, what would you say to your grandson then?
4: Um. I mean, I think some people, I mean, we're still in COVID obviously, but I think some people miss the fact like of how much further we've gotten. Like we know so much more and they just look at the big fact that we still have COVID, but we've, we've learned so much. We've advanced so far, like in just two years, I think it'll like go away pretty quickly. I think I'll tell them like it, it was hard, but it was hard throughout the entire process, but which each each year was, which uh, I can't talk. Each step, it got easier. It's
0: great. That's a great thought, actually. Um, you're right. We've come a long way. When you think about back then we didn't know part of the reason we were all tilted sideways was nobody knew there was no anchor here. And it was all so brand new. Nobody knew anything. Now we know so much more. It's a it's an excellent point you're making, Jeremy. The other thing I remember in your chapter is you talked about, I think you know that you had the voice of your grandson coming up and saying, were people really fighting over toilet paper? <laughs> and we and we've come a little way since then, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. I think we still have a shortage (laughs) of
0: people are maybe still scrambling for it. Not, not fighting over it quite the same way as they were at the beginning. Chase, what about you? Is there anything that you miss about that time?
1: I I hate to say that I definitely do (laughs) Mm -hmm. at the very least the first couple of months. uh, I, there was a slow onset of doom when it, dawned upon me and maybe everyone else that it was gonna like engulf all of our summer too and then continue forwards. But getting out of school for the last quarter of my sophomore year was incredibly enjoyable. Um I had very little responsibility. I could go on walks and sit by the lake or in the sun and read books and play video games and whatever. Um and everyone was having their everyone was still kind of excited about it. There was still like that DIY craze going on. My mom was making like bread at home and it was so good. so I mean <laughs> I do kind of miss that I miss um, the peace that was present in me still and I'm not generally someone who is so lonesome in their loneliness um but there was a couple months before it really really hit me um on the impact of everything that was going on and things that were things were actually going to change, you know um I do miss. Quite quite
0: a lot. Homemade bread that is worthy of missing. We got to talk to your mom about that.
1: <laughs> I had her make some again. I did have her make some again. So maybe we can come full circle. But <laughs>
0: exact, you find a good balance at least. I'll tell you, yeah. um, I don't remember which one of you, I think maybe Chris, it was you that was writing about even though, you know, brought you into your family and sometimes being together in the same house with your family is not always easy. It can be challenging, especially at your age. But there were so many good things that came from being at home with your family. Um, Chris, I remember you were talking about some of the games that you guys played together as a family. Are you still doing that?
4: Yeah, we still try to uh, hang out more, I guess. Like we watch movies together play a board game like every once in a while. So we still have those kind of times. Nice.
0: nice. And Lauren, in your chapter, you wrote about your neighbor and how nice it was to be able to go and help her. How is she doing?
3: She actually moved away in the middle of COVID. And we have a new neighbor's who are fairly young, younger than my parents, I'll say that, (laughs) don't tell them. (laughs) And they're from Turkey actually. So they moved during the pandemic and I'm actually really surprised that they did it during, you know, this whole COVID freak out. But I have kept in touch with my neighbor. She is doing really well. Her husband is doing really well they are in warm weather somewhere in arizona and they're having the time of their life which means that they're probably away from people too um and i haven't i haven't talked to them in quite a while but i mean i'm sure they're having a joy ride with retirement (laughs) and
0: and like you said in the sunshine right now is not a bad thing no it's it's like eight here Yeah, exactly. A little different up here in the northern country. Um, For those of you listening, Lauren is in Illinois, so she's she's right next to the lake. So, you know, it's just it's so interesting and and good to talk with all of you and just to get your perspective now and, and get a sense of where you are and where you're headed. I think we'll wrap up with with this final question. And I'm just curious from each one of you, what? was the the most impactful or the best thing that came out of writing and publishing a book for you and chase let's start with you what's what was the the really the best part of this process for you
1: um i don't want to be dramatic but like i think it changed my life Mm -hmm. um everything i mean everything everything and anything that i do changes my life but this significantly to where I could see the resultant. Um, Because now I'm super passionate and really into the idea of writing. And I don't know if that would still be the case or at least as immediately the case, I think I would have found it eventually, but this really helps spur um, and stoke the fire kind of within me, um, that this was something that I really wanna do. And I'm not saying that lightly. Um I have come to the kind of conclusion that even if I'm uh even if I'm a failure and even if I don't get a single book published and you know no one reads my stuff, um I will still do it my whole life. Um because it brings me a feeling and a level of personal fulfillment that I just cannot find elsewhere. Um it is the language of my soul, I guess. And so to have this experience and to start putting myself out there and to have that kind of confidence that I can move forward and think like, yeah, you know, I could do this um, is invaluable to me as of right now, so.
0: Amazing. How about you, Jeremy? What was the best part of this experience for you?
4: Um, To be honest, it was probably right or when the book published, I, I, I hope they would do well. I really hoped they would do well. And I remember the first time I looked at Amazon, the reviews. oh that that was that was the best part. I read through like all of them. there's so, so many five star reviews. And then all of them were positive comments. And then I think I'm not sure when you emailed us, but when you emailed us that we raised um, two thousand dollars for charity. That was also a very nice moment that's yeah. probably the best part for me.
0: Excellent, yeah, a huge contribution. How about you, Chris, what was the best part for you?
4: Um, I mean, I just think that this unique experience, like, I'll always be able to look back at it, like, 10 or 20 years, I'll be able to see what I wrote, or even, like, in a month, I'll be able to look at the book and see, like, if I can improve my writing or use it to improve myself, I guess.
0: Yeah, that feeling that you can't take it away now. It's, it's always there. You will always be a best-selling author. It's already done, can't be taken away. And that's a pretty powerful feeling too. And Lauren, how about you?
3: I, I think it's the part where I realized that I helped so many people that we all did because I was I was really hoping this book would do well. I I thought because um it was just, you know, like kids, just normal local kids that we won't have as much spotlight as like JK Rowling and everyone up there, but the fact that we made such a big impact is definitely what I remember the most and I'm so happy to see that we raised so much money for these people who really needed it. And I mean, the fact that we inspired like little kids or we inspired this dad to do something with it and this ripple effect that we've had, I'm I'm like astonished that we could do something that powerful. And I'm um, honestly it's kind of hard to process because you don't expect yourself to be a best-selling author or write a book with a bunch of other amazing people. You just, you wanna share like your gift with the world. You wanna share what you love doing. And that was my whole intent, but the fact that it's blossomed into such a great thing is something that will stick with me forever. Mia, it's so great to see you. And
0: I really am excited to hear a little bit more about what you've been doing. Catch us up on what you've been doing Um, What this past two years has been like for you.
5: So for the past two years, when we started writing this book, it was like right when COVID hit. So it was like crazy. Everything was happening so quickly. But the book helped like just focus on like what we were doing and everything that was going on. But then now that it's been two years, it's crazy to see how like times have changed, but also everything's like kind of still the same. Like we're still, everyone. we're finally back in school full-time and sports and everything are going smoothly, but you still have to wear masks inside a lot of places. But now they came out with like vaccines that a lot of people are getting. So that's helping a lot with being able to still interact with people more.
0: What is it like for you in school wearing masks? Have you just gotten kind of used to it or does it still feel
5: strange? Yeah, I'm kind of used to it now. It's just like, wake up, pick out an outfit. Don't forget to grab a mask before you leave. But it's just, it's kind of, it's just annoying having to wear all the time because some teachers are really strict. It's got to stay over the nose and other teachers didn't really care that much because I feel like everyone's had it now. So many people got it like over Christmas break, but they still want to do the best they can. So you just kind of go with the flow.
0: So when you kind of think about now that it's sort of just part of the flow, it's just kind of like you said, you you pick out your outfit, you pick out your mask, you, you know, you're out the door. It's just sort of part of the norm. But when you wrote your chapter, it was so, so, so brand new. When you think back to that time, what does it feel like now from the time when you really just started writing that
5: book and thinking about where you were at that point? It's like crazy because I didn't honestly think it would still be so like popular now. I thought it would kind of, I mean, there's just been so many new like variants of COVID that I didn't even expect would be a thing, but it's like, it's not as crazy as it was before when like nobody would go anywhere. Now it's like people are kind of doing their own thing that they want. It's just you may hear, oh, your friend just got COVID. So just stay away for a couple of days.
0: One of the things you wrote about in your chapter, as I'm remembering, is about the birthday parties Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and your birthday party. Has that changed? Have you celebrated your birthday that way every year now or is it different?
5: No, I haven't heard of any drive-by birthdays anymore, but people are now, I feel like, so many people, they don't even care that much anymore. They're kind of just like, we'll have a party. But some people, I mean, I feel like the drive-by birthdays for like younger kids especially are still a great idea because it's like a big surprise and it's fun. But I mean, it depends really what you want but I feel like people are more okay to hang out now. Yeah,
0: it's just sort of become sort of more of a norm.
5: Yeah. What about
0: in the time since you became a best-selling author? What happened to you after the book actually was published and, and you had a chance to share it with your community?
5: Um, It was great to see everyone's reactions, like family and friends. And it's also a great gift for like the holidays and like families' birthdays and stuff, because some people don't even expect it. You kind of just like say, oh, also I wrote a chapter in a book. And they're kind of like, what? Like, that's crazy. And also writing the book, it wasn't not only just like great for like to look back, but it also gave me a lot of like writing skills that I can use in school too when we have to write like essays and stuff. I have that little background knowledge. Yeah. Does it feel like like does it do you do you think about it? Like I I I'm actually an author.
0: Does it yeah, feel like when,
5: that? Yeah, when I'm like talking about it, I'm like, yeah, like if you my name's actually like on the book. so it's And crazy. what about when you get on Amazon and you get a chance to see it on there? Mm-hmm. It's like, cr- yeah, it's crazy. I never thought it would like happen because you don't want really think about having the opportunity to write a book. And what do you think about uh, the, the, the motivation that it gave you? Do you have any interest in writing now? Yeah. I mean, I still like, like to journal and, I find it, it's like fun and calming. And I feel like in the future, if I ever wanted to like write another book or something, I would kind of know the steps. And if I wanted to continue writing, I would have like the skills.
0: So it gave that. you some confidence and some skill mm-hmm.
5: that you knowledge that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Have you gone back to read your chapter recently? No, but I actually just pulled my book out a couple of days ago. So I may go through it again and see what, like, what I was really thinking about then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting for you to go back and remember, because it will feel so different Mm -hmm. from where you are today. Yeah. So what's next for you? You're a sophomore right now. What's, what's ahead for you?
5: Um, planning colleges and seeing, I feel like that's next college. Does it still seem far away? yeah but like since my brother's already like got done with all of his having to figure out where he wants to go and everything that's like next year for me I got to start looking and figuring it out because it does happen so quick with like Mm -hmm. applying and everything it does do you have any thoughts any ideas where
0: where that might be no (laughs) I have no idea when the time is right, it'll, it'll be there. You'll follow whatever, whatever feels good. Yeah. If you had somebody out there that was listening, especially somebody that was a high school student or a younger, younger student,
5: what would you say to them about writing and about writing a book? I would say like, go for it because you don't know if you'll get the opportunity again. And also, If if it may seem like a lot of work at the time, if they're like busy or whatever, but then like two years have already gone by and it seems like yesterday we were writing. So I would say do it because in the long run you'll actually have like it on paper to look back and have so many more memories than just what you wrote about. Yeah, just what you did. I shared
0: with you the story of what happened when you wrote that book and you guys were sharing it and it made it all the way down to Australia and this group of second graders decided that they wanted to write a book. How does that make you feel when you hear a story like that?
5: It's like very inspiring that it was able to go all the way to Australia and it's like really touching that little kids even wanted to write a book but that's so great because they may not even remember that well when they're older, but they'll still be able to be like, no, like I actually did it. Doesn't matter how old they are. They'll still be able to find that book anywhere and see what it was like. Cause they were like little kids. That's like their whole childhood was like COVID. So
0: that's right. Yeah. Especially with the topic that they wrote about, because it is this pandemic and
5: mm-hmm.
0: um, what it'll be interesting when they look back years later, when this was you know what they grew up with in a different way than you who had you know obviously much more of a life before it started than than they had yeah i think it was pretty i think it was a great example of how we really never know how far our reach is or the ripple effect that whatever we're doing has and there's a great quote about you know a butterfly can flap its wings here and create a tornado on the other side of the world, you know, and I feel like that's what you guys did, unbeknownst to you. (laughs) You know, and now who knows what this book will do for them Mm. as yours, you know, continues as it continues to swirl. So, Mia, it is fantastic to see you. Thank you so much for making some time to catch up with us and let us know how you're doing. Wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you. And please stay in touch and let us know how you are. I will. Helen, it's so great to see you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Tell us where you are now. We're two years past writing the book. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing today. And so okay. we kind of get a sense of, of what, what's happening with you.
7: So I When I wrote the book, I was a rising senior, and now I'm at college. I'm a freshman in my second semester at the University of South Carolina. Um, I plan on majoring in public relations. I'm in journalism right now, so definitely want to keep utilizing my writing skills. And definitely the whole process influenced that and um, helped me so much kind of have a perspe- like a different perspective than most people my age with the whole publication process and just the process of writing a book in general, which I'm very grateful for. And I have been using it a lot and the skills that we learned. So. Oh, that's so
0: good to hear. That's so good to hear. And just kind of, we'll go into the, the details on that a little bit. But I want to know, you know, obviously you're in college now, you were in high school then. And, and, that's a kind of a big shift. How has that been for you in terms of talking about quarantine and COVID and the pandemic? Like, how has that shift been for you?
7: So, um, I think that my class in particular, it's kind of a strange transition because the class before us, you know, everything was completely isolated. Now, like, we can wear masks in the building, have in-person classes, and so I get to experience that, and, you know, like, have that contact with people my age. Um, But I was thinking about it the other day, just when I got the email about having this opportunity to speak with you again, um, how kind of the aspect of isolation that we felt at the beginning of quarantine and before I wrote the book and everything, you kind of feel that again, in a sense, coming into a new place with new people. So I really had to take my own advice um, which I talked about in my chapter, and just have changed my perspective, look for the good, and that has definitely helped me um, with the whole adjustment and everything. So,
0: a really, really good point that when you go to a new place, even even if the world was running normally, it's right. always a little awkward, and you know, finding your way into it and finding your friends. But now, because you started during COVID, when everybody's more isolated. Yes. It certainly makes sense that you feel that coming into that new location. Um, but I love that the advice that you gave us and the chapter is actually what you're using now. So what, what is your perspective? How did you, what was the shift that you made that allowed you to feel a little bit more connected with what's happening?
7: Well, I definitely started to join more clubs and organizations around campus just because it's a big school and it's easier to, you know, find people and filter through people to find the people that have the same um, perspective as you. Um, I think for me personally, I'm just looking at the next four years and specifically this freshman year as just um, a time to grow and mature and just really, really find myself and I'm it's such a it's like great experience to be able to do that on my own and be more independent, whereas in quarantine, I grew, but I had my parents, my close friends were, you know, we were all still in the same town. So um, it's just it's a different experience, but at the same time, parts of it can feel a little bit similar just being, you know, it's just a culture shock. It's just something that's so new and you have to just navigate through it the best that you can. And just have a good mindset
0: that's really good advice really good advice for all of us not just people your age experiencing what you're experiencing you know your chapter um we put it at the end of the book because it was such a hopeful chapter in it and the very last page is the picture of all the four-leaf clovers that you and your mother found during quarantine Yeah. are you still collecting four-leaf clovers
7: Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, believe it or not, it has grown. Like the collection has grown since that. Um, and four leaf clovers just have, and will always play like a very prominent role in my family just for hope and luck. And there's been different experiences where we've, found a four-leaf clover um and like kind of in an ironic kind of sense so it just is like a symbol of hope for us now and like especially you know with the book and everything and it just like it's just so special to us now and I'm really really glad that the collection got to be um shown in the book which was exciting for me yeah
0: really 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 neat and um I don't see four leaf clovers without thinking of you now. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't find them on the ground, but you do see them and I'm Irish. So of course they're sort of around yes. in my presence, yeah. but um, yeah. I always think of you. I always yeah. think of you. It's funny how um, we make those associations from what we read. Yes. So we, you were talking a little bit about some of the things that you learned from the writing process that you're still using now and things that you've incorporated. Yeah. Share a little bit about you know, what was the writing process like for you when we were actually going through it a couple of years ago? And, and what still stays with you that you're using now? So
7: what, when I was writing the book, um, I did it for me, like I, it, I did it to, you know, process what I was going through. And never, you know, I listened to the podcast that you were recently on, and never would I ever have thought that, I could have inspired something else, or I could have helped somebody. So like, looking back on that now is extremely, extremely gratifying. And I never realized that something that I did for me to help myself and my family, like, share a story, a heartfelt and hopeful story, hopefully, um, would have that reaction. But with the actual writing process, um, just something that recently in one of my classes we had to write a huge research paper like it was like 20 pages by the end of it and i was ahead of my class because i knew the difference between active and passive verbs and how that plays an aspect of sentence structure and how to compose proper sentences because believe it or not some people in my class like weren't taught that and so that really really set me ahead of the ball game and has made me go into school more confident knowing that like I might have a few more tools under my belt um in that aspect so
0: some of the kids were talking about the confidence factor that that having published something kind of boosts your confidence and gives you some uh, you walk out into the world a little bit differently and that's kind of what you're describing it sounds
7: like exactly yes
0: What happened to you after the book came out? Uh, What was your experience when people in your community and your school found out that you had written a book?
7: So I was very nervous at first because it's I mean, I think my story personally, I thought was very personal. And it's a little bit nerve wracking, especially at that age, just, you know, to release something so personal. So. I'm from a small town. So obviously word got around quickly and I was just overwhelmed by how supportive and um, everybody was like my school um, posted something about me on the Facebook and I, and the coolest opportunity ever was um, a local newscaster came to my house and we talked outside um, about the book and I was on the news. So my school also broadcasted that like pretty much everywhere on all social media. So that was, I mean, definitely nerve wracking, but it was such a cool experience. And I'm so happy that everybody had the reaction to it that they did.
0: Uh, and, and now as you're describing that, and I'm thinking, and then you started at school in journalism, and, yes. you know, had had that experience. It's kind of cool. Yes.
7: It's really cool. And honestly, like it's that experience that kind of persuaded. it. And I talking to the newscaster too, like she was like, what she did was really interesting to me. Maybe not necessarily like being on screen, but the whole like editorial process that goes into releasing something, you know, on media, social media, whatever um, is what interests me. So I'm just excited to continue to pursue that and figure out the best route for that.
0: Yes. And in public relations, you'll be able to help other people experience that, you know, and help maybe other authors find their way out oh. into the public realm. Yes, that's the goal. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the, the impact that you had in, you know, listening to the woman that did the podcast that was raving about your book. And I also shared the story of the second graders down in Australia and the fifth yeah. and sixth graders from that school who wrote Quarantine Down Under. What's your reaction to that? What do you feel or think about when you realize that you had, you had an influence on
7: these kids literally across the world? I just, I think my initial reaction was shocked because I did not realize the scope of the book. Like I didn't realize how many people were going to be able to get their hands on it. Um, And just the fact that these kids are even younger than us writing this, like, that blows my mind that they're able to do that. Um, But I just feel, I I don't even have honestly words for it. I just feel overjoyed and just gratified that I was able to inspire something like that. And that other people, you know, younger kids, like they're obviously probably even more confused than we were. So I just think like, I've always thought writing and just putting your thoughts out there just helps, it's so therapeutic. And no matter how old you are, I think it's so important.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I agree. So what's next for you, Helen?
7: Whew. Um, well, I gotta get through these next three years. Um, hopefully I'll pursue some sort of um, graduate program either with journalism or public relations, whatever I choose. I definitely wanna keep writing. Um, We have magazines at the school that I really am hoping to get involved with um, starting my sophomore year. Once I switch my major, I should be able to be involved with that. Um, But just continue writing because it's what I love. And just, um, you know, just keep growing and just take these next four years and just, you know, try to make some sort of change if I can. So. Well, it's.
0: Great to know that you've already made an impact and you've made a difference and that your writing has, has made a difference to somebody, you know, it's, um, nobody can take that away. It's something that is part of you now and and nobody can take that away. So thank you. Thank you so much for contributing to the book. It's been a pleasure, absolute pleasure working with you. And I hope that you'll stay in touch and let us know where you are.
7: Of course.
0: Great. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Eva, it's so great to see you. It is so hard to believe that it's been really almost two years since you started writing this book.
2: It's it's truly incredible. I, I find it so hard to believe. It feels like a couple months ago when we were, I mean, I don't think I fully took in it. It took us like several months to write and the whole process and then getting it published. The fact that it's been almost two years since we started writing, like that's really something so i'm glad to reconnect with you and you know it's just it's good to be back talking about it
0: Yeah, it really is so eva catch us up on on what you're doing now you're a sophomore in high school now correct yes so tell us a little bit about what is what's happening in your world now
2: so um quarantine came out um just about a month before i entered high school um and um as many I'm sure as many other people have experienced we spent or at least I spent majority of my freshman year online um we didn't know what was going to happen you know we were still deep in the COVID troubles and um I entered high school on a computer screen and you know it's at the time it felt you know not so great you know because entering high school is a It's a big thing, meet lots of new friends, you know, you're experiencing new classes, it's a whole different kind of, um, I guess, environment. But um, we pushed through, you know, my teachers were incredibly, incredibly understanding and patient throughout the whole process. And um, I was still able to connect with the friends that I had, um, which was very helpful, you know, to keep up I guess, you know, with everything, but um, eventually we got back uh, in person, I think in March of 2021, finished off my freshman year in school, which was probably the most incredible experience. I had no idea what high school was gonna be like. Um, I've uh, maintained my sports throughout the past two years. I played um, for my high school team, My freshman year I played on the freshman sophomore team and then my sophomore year this year in the fall I played for our junior varsity team, um, which was an incredible experience made so many new friends. Um, The athletic community is just really unparalleled you know it's it was really incredible so i'm grateful to have been a part of that. And um, this year my sophomore year of high school, I am a part of our school's uh, publication our journalism program drops of ink um which um as is seen in my little autobiography in my after my chapter um i hope to go into or to major in journalism you know to hopefully be a reporter so that has also been a wonderful experience i've written several articles for our magazine so overall being able to be in an in-person high school environment has been exceptional it's it's way better than i could have imagined so it's been an eventful two years, but um, but I'm glad for all the change that has been made. So.
0: Really been a lot. And it's been so interesting to just listen to each, uh, each of you as you have experienced it in different parts of the country and, and how things were different in different places. Uh, but but nice to know that as we sit here today, almost two years later, you're back in school. Are yeah. you also masked? Are you guys wearing masks in school?
2: Yes, we are 100% masked. Everyone. The only time, you know, during lunch, we're allowed to take them down. But we are 100% masked at the moment. And what's that like? Well, uh, you know, we we make um, we make light of it. You know, we laugh and like, you know, like oh, I've never seen some of my friends faces but like it's hilarious when um, when we're eating lunch or I finally saw some of my new friends I made this year's faces for the first time and it's kind of shocking but I think that after almost a full year of being of only seeing people on a computer screen just being in the presence of another person and communicating with someone like in person making new friends in class like you almost forget the mask is there at least you know, for me, I just, it's, it's become, you know, a normal part of going to school and I will be, I look forward to the day when we can not wear masks in school and, you know, we can see everybody's faces, but I think that I'm just incredibly grateful to be, you know, in school and with other people.
0: It's, it's worth it
2: just to be able to be together. 100%, yeah.
0: And it is true once, you know, it might seem weird at first, but then once you do it for a while, it just becomes the norm. You know, you just, it's like just a thing, you know, you wear this coat in the winter and you wear this mask when you have that outfit on, you know,
2: (laughs) I wear it in school. I've had to wear it working out, um, you know, playing tennis for almost two years. It's just, it's, you know, becomes a part of life, but it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you move around it. Yeah. So one of the things that you said that I would love to, to talk about a little bit more is that you are thinking about majoring in journalism. Obviously, you've got another two years before you head off to college, but you're thinking in that direction. Yeah. I'm curious about, you know, you loved writing when you chose to be a part of this book, but did this book have any impact on your decision to want to have a career in writing?
2: Um, that's a great question. I've always um writing has always been one of my strong suits you know i just i enjoy it it's something that i can you know um put my energy and emotion into um i would say quarantine made the idea of i guess having a career in writing seem more um like possible like it it made it seem like it could happen but um i guess um when I was little, I was younger, I wanted to become an author. So that, you know, um, indulged that little inner child in me who was excited to write a book. But I think that there is something to be said about the similarities between the way I wrote my chapter in this book, and then hopefully future journalistic writing, and that this was kind of, it's like, it's speaking your truth, you know, you're, you're really expressing. And obviously, journalism isn't so much from you know your own point of view, your own perspective. It's you're finding other people's perspective. You're you're seeking out the truth, but um, but this was this was sharing my story, and I think that that's part of what journalism is all about is finding the story, sharing the story, spreading the story, um, and that's what I love so much about quarantine is that we were all able to share our stories, um, put it out in the world, and people could relate to it. You know, that's one of the more magical things about you know writing from your own perspective.
0: Absolutely. And I shared about how you put it out into the world and it had this ripple effect literally yeah. across the world. What's your response to that when you hear that these kids in Australia were inspired by what you did?
2: It's, it's a really good feeling just to know not only that that the book was seen and that the book was recognized, But these little kids, you know, like my heart goes out to every little kid during this time because it's so confusing. They don't really understand. And the fact that it's becoming part of their normal as a little kid, like they don't, some kids don't even know, um, you know, a different world than what we're living in right now. But the fact that those kids could make something positive like we did out of our book and Um, it's just so creative. I'm so proud of them for for coming together and you know making their own book and being inspired by our writing. Um, It's a truly incredible feeling and um, I would love to read their little perspective at some time their book, um, because that's, that's really something it's a good feeling.
0: It really is. And you're reminding me that I need to get copies sent to all of you. I'll make sure that that happens because you guys should all be able to see it and read it um, to know that you made that difference. You know, writing a book at any time is, is a big deal. And at the same time you wrote it when you were in eighth grade, Mm
8: -hmm.
0: when you look back on it, does it, what's your, what's your feeling about it now, just thinking that sometimes a little distance gives you a different perspective about it. What do you think about it when you think back on it now?
2: It's funny. I haven't, I haven't read through the chapters in so long. So, you know, I I pulled it out of my, pulled it out of my bookshelf and took a look at it. But um, it, it was surprising to me to read back on how difficult that time was. I mean, didn't, it, did, it didn't seem—I don't want to say it didn't seem like it at the time, but I mean, it, we were so—it was just sprung on us so fast that um, I guess it, it didn't—it didn't really give us time to process everything that was happening around us. So it was good that we had the outlet that we did, you know, to get out of that isolated headspace. I'd ride my bike, you know, I'd tried some new things. It was just—it's almost like we've been in COVID for so long that there's been all these different stages. I mean, there's there's the initial stage where we were, like it was all this new quarantine and, and figuring out how to live with that. And then it became becoming normal and how it affected school and our jobs. And now it's just, it's really changed everything. Um, you know, obviously it's made me more, originally I think it makes you, it um, kind of brings attention to what you take for granted in your life. I think that was my original, for my initial reaction um and then now it's i'm just appreciative that even with all the change and um how much covid has affected everything i'm just you know grateful that i still you know I'm able to make friends and i'm still able to go to school and it's i don't know looking back it's funny i was a totally different person back then um but i'm i'm glad for the change, and I'm glad for the way it's shaped me, for better or for worse.
0: Excellent. How about just the whole experience of walking out into the world, knowing that you were a best-selling published author? And I should add, you your book was actually on the number one bestseller list longer than any other book that we have had published through Scripture. So it stayed on that bestseller list for the longest time and the amount of sales that we've had from this book, we've been able to donate a thousand dollars to each of the two organizations that you guys chose. So you guys really did make an impact. So what does it feel like the experience of walking out and saying you're a best-selling author and just kind of knowing that's now in your, with you forever, what was that like for you?
2: Yeah, initially, it was it was really something to wrap my head around. You know, I think uh, in August when it was published, it was such an exciting experience. You know, I have this I held this book in my hands. I remember the day it was delivered to us, our first copy, my uh, my grandmother was in town and she was the first one to open it. It was before I got home, I think, from school. And I get to hold it in my hands and it was like, to hold a paper copy of your book is like, it's really something. (laughs) But, um, but to, to know that I am an author, a best-selling author at that, it's, I wouldn't say it's like hard for me to believe it, it feels a little impossible. um, Just because I, you know, I've forgotten a little bit of like, just you lose sight of all the work that I put in all those months ago. Um, But when you when I really look back and think about everything, you know, everything we did from from the writing to the brainstorm sessions to communicating with each other to the cover ideas, everything it was, it was really something and And then I was lucky enough to participate in a little book signing in my community. I was able to, you know, give the books to the people I cared about my family. Um, And even still today, it's just, it's even a funny fact to bring up when you're doing two truths and a lie with your tennis team or you're, or you're getting to know someone, or, you know, you share a fun fact about yourself and you say, Oh, I wrote a book. And they think, no way. Like, that's crazy. And then I'm like, no, you can go buy on Amazon. You know, it's just, It's a funny feeling, but um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that we had to participate in that. And I'm looking forward to how the book will hopefully influence my future, you know? Um, I'm not quite sure what that will bring, what the future will bring, but um, I've got the book tucked under my wing, I guess. I've got the book with me, so.
0: Yeah, there's something kind of cool about the fact that no one can take it away now. No, yeah. It's there, right? It's always I mean. there. Nothing yep. nothing can change what it what it was and what it became and what it will continue to do. Uh, obviously, 2 years later, it's kind of getting this resurgence right now. Some people yeah. are finding it and getting some interest in it. So, um no, it hasn't the ripple effect hasn't ended.
2: No, it hasn't. I'm glad it hasn't.
0: Yeah. What was it like to do that book signing?
2: um it was good i had some teachers i had um i had some friends uh who came it was just nice to share the book with people and it was it felt good to feel the support you know we didn't um have so many people like it wasn't like the whole town came running in but it felt good nonetheless to um to give the books out. And then I remember specifically um, my freshman year Spanish teacher and keep in mind, this was maybe a couple weeks before school started And I had emailed my teachers that I was going to have as well as my teachers, my previous teachers. Um, and I said, like, you know, I'm having a book signing. I wrote this book. You're welcome to come And my Spanish teacher who I had not even met yet. Um, came to my book signing and bought herself a copy and introduced herself. And to this day, because I also have her this year, my sophomore year, to this day, she has her copy of Quarantine. Not only did she read it, but she has it up on her whiteboard in front of her class. And so anyone who comes in, you know, you can see it. If they ask questions, you know, she tells them. One of her students uh, wrote a copy of the book. And I think that goes to show how supportive um, the community is obviously she's just one person in Libertyville, but, um, the fact that she cared enough to come and support and continues to support, you know, it's just goes to show it's, it's really nice.
0: Uh, That's really nice. Yeah. Is it kind of cool to walk in that room and see your book?
2: Yeah. It's so funny. I think I noticed maybe, I guess it was when we came in person because for majority of freshman year, I was online in her class. So eventually coming back in, in maybe March, I noticed it. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I pointed it out. She's so sweet about it and it's still up there. So I just think that's that's really cool. Really,
5: lives really on,
2: cool. Lives on in my Spanish teacher's classroom.
0: That's, that's exactly right. and And like you said, all those students coming in that, that you don't even know, students that are you know coming in as freshmen now and will continue to come in, um, are gonna see that and be, you know, notice it, be inspired by it or something.
2: Yeah. So it's really great.
0: Yeah, it's really neat. Eva, I am so happy to catch up with you. Again, two years makes a big difference and I and I see the growth and the maturity of happening within you. I'm excited for what's next for you. Please keep in touch. Let me know where you end up and what you're doing. Uh, I'd love to hear that.
2: Yeah, thank you so much um, for having us on the podcast, Kelly. Um, the whole experience of writing the book, you and Greg, really, really impacted all of us and truly changed um our lives. I think that this book has really influenced me as a person. And I am so excited to be able to hold this book in my hands even now. And um I'm just so excited to be able to have seen everyone and reconnected after these two years. So I hope that you know everyone continues onward. We all stay connected through quarantine, but I hope that you know everyone grows to be successful um, you know, regarding whatever they hope to do. So it was so good to connect everyone. Thank you so Absolutely. much for Absolutely.
0: So great to have you here and we'll talk soon.
2: Yep. Thank you.
0: Brady, so great to see you, and I'm excited to catch up on what's happening with you now two years later. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life right now.
6: Life right now is just um, consisting of school, sports, uh, trying to really get by this whole COVID thing that's still going on. And I'm really just trying to go day by day and uh, spend time with family, friends, and uh just just do it do whatever comes up uh what's
0: it like um what's it like at your school how how are they handling this whole covid thing and and what are the things that you're living with
6: covid is still present in my school and just in san diego in general um at school we have to wear masks still and it's it's always apparent when people people go missing for two weeks um it is definitely more reasonable, and it's not quite as big of a deal anymore, just because it's become so popular. But it is definitely still there, and you can feel that presence. And it can be it can be stressful at times, but now just having it be two years, it's uh, it's definitely become more manageable.
0: You remember a time when it wasn't like this
6: before COVID? Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about this earlier, just. How two years ago, a couple of months, uh, about at this time, two years ago, there was no COVID, nothing like that. And life was much different. I don't think that things will ever be the same like that with no COVID or no anything like that. But um, I do remember very vividly what life was like in different times for sure.
0: Uh, It's funny because we sort of just adapt and we get used to whatever the new norm is. And then when Mm -hmm. you think back, you're like, oh, yeah, there actually was a time where it was different than that. (laughs) Yeah. Funny. Do you ever go back and look at your book and read what you wrote in that chapter and, and kind of think about where you were then compared to now?
6: I have. Yeah, I definitely think that I've grown a lot as a person and just like had many experiences uh just i think that lots of things have happened since then however crazy that may be um things are just still happening and i definitely find that uh my character is still building and i'm just growing into a better man day by day or at least i hope so
0: <laughs> that's the plan anyway all right you wrote a lot about the three F's of your, of your life, faith, family, and fitness. Mm -hmm. Would you say that those are still really predominant parts of your life right now?
6: Those definitely are. There's times when I need all three of those and I'm still doing all three faith, fitness, and family, and they're getting me through whatever challenges I'm having now. So definitely those three have uh, remained important to me today
0: nice to see that thread that stayed the same tell us a little bit about your experience being a best selling published author what happened to you after the book was was released and people started knowing that you had written the book
6: it was pretty cool all my friends were pretty surprised that i did that and it was it was awesome cuz like it was always a goal of mine to become an author and i always wanted to write a uh, write a book when i was still young so writing A three-time best-selling book at 15 years old was pretty crazy, and I do vividly remember just all the uh, the feedback and people saying, "Wow, that's crazy" and whatnot. So I I was, it was awesome. It really was awesome.
0: One of those things that no one can ever take it away, right? You're you're now an author, and you will always be that.
6: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hopefully can write more books in the uh, future, but it was awesome starting off with something as Important is that?
0: You know, one of the things that you may not realize um, is how much impact that book has had. Your book was actually, of all the books we've published at Scriptor, yours was the longest running bestseller. And it was the bestseller in the most categories over time, which is pretty extraordinary. But because of that, we actually raised quite a bit of money. You guys had actually picked out two charities that we were going to (laughs) donate the money to. And we gave over a $1,000 to each of those charities based on the book sales that we had from your book, which is pretty cool.
6: That is really awesome. Wow. That's very nice to know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then... Another story of how your book had an impact is that when you guys were on your dad's podcast, the Todd Mm Durkin Impact Show, there were some people in Australia, literally the other side of the world listening, and their son was in second grade at the time, and he had wanted to write, and so the the father called us and asked if we would help the second grade class in that school write a book, and they ended up writing Quarantine Down Under
6: how do you Man, that, well, feel
0: about that?
6: That is just so sweet to me. And it's crazy knowing that I was a part of uh, making a difference in someone's life miles and miles away on the opposite side of the world. That's just really crazy to me. It, uh, it makes me think on how much of an impact I can have on different people's lives, people that I don't even know. And just they're doing things due to uh Due to what me and a few other people are doing. That's just so sweet to me.
0: It's really cool, isn't it? There's a great quote that talks about a butterfly can wave its wings here and create a tornado mm-hmm. on the other side of the world.
6: Right, right. I definitely feel like that just happened. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's just a really powerful thing to know. You, you may never hear the stories of who you impact, but you definitely can can feel confident that whatever you're putting out there is 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 Carrying some weight and creating that difference and making that difference somewhere else. Pretty cool.
6: Mm-hmm. That's for sure.
0: What would you say if somebody's listening to this and maybe one of their children or maybe them, um, they'd like to write a book? What would you say to them about the process or to encourage them?
6: I would definitely say you're just going to have to do it and sit down and get through as much of it as possible. And um it's important to, Write out what your thoughts are and brainstorm everything, and then just just putting everything down will help. And um, controlling your thoughts and just just really expressing yourself, and then it'll it'll all work out. And it's definitely an experience that I would recommend for everyone. I think everyone has a book in them, and it would it's just awesome to see what other people are feeling and thinking. So I highly highly recommend whoever wants to write a book whatever it may be on definitely do it because it's an experience you will never forget.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. So Brady, what's next for you? You're a junior now. Mm -hmm. What's in your future?
6: Well, I'm going to be finishing high school and going off to college soon. Uh, That's definitely important. And in my mind right now, also finishing up sports, uh, sports in high school and seeing what's around the corner after that just kind of try to finish off high school strong and go into go into the rest of my stages of life
0: do you have any thoughts yet on what you might do in college
6: um i believe i want to go into film production
0: mm.
6: and entrepreneur entrepreneurship
0: mhm so telling stories in a different way through film
6: right right
0: and building businesses around it
6: mhm yeah yeah It's very uh, interesting to me. Yeah. Creative and whatnot.
0: Yeah, very good. Well, listen, stay in touch. Let us know Mm -hmm. how you're doing, where you end up. Uh, It was great working with you on this project. Congratulations on everything that it's done. And good luck to you.
6: Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Brooke, it's so great to see you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? It's great Uh to see you, I'm really good. I'm really interested uh, to have the conversation with each of you who were published authors, and it's been almost two years since we actually began the process. And I'm just curious, just share with the listeners, where are you now compared to where you were two years ago in your life?
8: Um, I mean, thinking in the terms of kind of uh, COVID-19, I think we're very much um, kind of in the same place, just with lifestyle in terms of masks and mandates and stuff like that. Um, but I think we have made a lot of very good advancements in the vaccine and some other um, really good precautions that we can use now to make living with COVID nineteen like more. Um, how do you say it? more comfortable? I suppose, yeah. even
0: though yeah, it's not completely comfortable. comfortable, it it does give us a little peace of mind to know that you know we've got some things that we can take care of ourselves a little bit better.
8: Yeah. Um, And then I think in terms of just myself and life, um, I've moved three hours away or four hours away from my hometown. I have started a completely different school. I've started a new club team for volleyball and really volleyball's um, kind of moved into my main main focus right now in my life. Um, I've started some new academics and stuff like that. Um, so I think a lot of changes, but I'm just kind of starting to get in the groove of things and I'm feeling more comfortable just with everything that's going on right now. now lots of big shifts
0: happening for you in two years. Do the kids at your new school know that you're a published author?
8: No, none of them. <laughs> no, I haven't told anyone, honestly.
0: <laughs> what happened after you published the book? What did, what did the people around you say when they knew that you would become a published author?
8: Yeah. Um. After, I mean, I told a couple of my friends, but I mean, two years ago, I was in eighth grade and none of them really, you know, they're like, oh, cool, you know, kind of moved on. Um, Not not none of my friends read it or anything, but I did give it to um, the book to a lot of my teachers and they really appreciated it and thought it was really cool. Um, And especially my favorite teacher, Chris Kelleher, Um, I gave it to him and he he read it and loved it just before I um, went to high school my freshman year because he was an eighth grade teacher. So um, he read that right before I switched schools, which was nice. Yeah, So
0: nice. And so interesting, too, because I think, um, you know, it was when you think back to being an eighth grader and actually publishing a book and maybe it doesn't seem as real, you know, like a, a real thing. It's just kind of a thing you did. And it was interesting. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you still write? Are you still interested in writing? Where, where does that fall in your life now?
8: Um, as of now, I think, um, I think honestly a little bit of my motivation for creative writing honestly has kind of died down a little bit. I just think that, um, especially volleyball, once again, it's like my main focus. And so, and any of my free time, um, writing used to be like a big free time thing that I would do but now it's all been kind of taken up by volleyball and practices and working out and stuff like that um but i think that as of now um i the main reason i use writing is kind of as a coping mechanism almost i used to do a lot of creative writing and just writing for fun and you know crazy fun uh false stories you know kind of like fantasy stories um but now i really use it as a coping mechanism to cope with things that are going on in my life, especially with moving, you know, it was a great way to get my emotions out. Um, things that are going on just in my personal life, you know, friends, family, you know, self stuff. Um, I've definitely used it as a coping mechanism, which has been really, really helpful for me now.
0: Yeah, I, I, it is such a good coping mechanism and a great way for self-reflection. And, you know, sometimes when you just dump it down onto the page, it gets it out of you and, and makes it so much easier to manage whatever you're dealing with. Right. It's so interesting too, that um, the writing that you did and that you did for the book and all of you did was, was certainly part of the coping mechanism of getting through COVID at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember feeling that about it? Do you remember feeling like it was a good way to kind of cope with this complete
8: unknown? Yeah. Um, I think that when we were writing the book that was i think what was it maybe a couple just a couple months out from when covid uh started right so exactly I think that when it was really new it was definitely used as like a really good coping mechanism just to kind of write down what your original thoughts and feelings were about it but also kind of just to like almost not make predictions but kind of just figure out what's going on and get you thinking about like how it's going to be in the future But as of now, I feel like we've kind of all came up with our own coping mechanisms. Um, And it's just kind of, I don't know, it seems way more normal. And I feel like um, the new normal, that was one of our kind of catchphrases and like prompts for the books almost. Um, And I feel like like this is kind of our new normal. We're all kind of not necessarily used to it, but we're all like accustomed to the things that are going on right now. Um, So I think it's really interesting to look up at myself now with COVID and back then with COVID, because it was so new. And I think one of my main prompts and um, uh, things that I was writing about in my chapter was that I was kind of afraid of like the unknown and what was going to happen. And I had no idea what was going to happen. But now really looking back at it, I feel like not that much has changed. So I kind of look at looking back at myself, I'm like, I, I feel like I was very worried that I thought it was going to be like the end of the world or something. But now just kind of, you know, realizing that, you know, it's just kind of our new normal and we're dealing with it the ways we can.
0: Really profound. Yes. You know, we, we sort of are resilient and figure out our way, but back then we just had, it was so unknown and so new. I also remember in your chapter, you wrote a lot about mental health and just being very aware of how this was going to impact the mental health, especially of kids, your age, teenagers. How do you feel about that world of, of unknowns being impacting the mental health of kids, your age?
8: Yeah, um, I think that as of now, um, I know it's, I mean, different for everyone, you know, it's different for all parts of the world and all parts of the United States and every school is different. But um, I think that it impacted my mental health more when I was fully quarantined and doing online schooling, because you were always kind of left with like that you know, I, I looking back now, I really liked online school, you know, I was in bed and, you know, in my pajamas all day and I could kind of slack off and be on my phone or whatever, you know? So I feel like, um, I almost kind of took it for granted, you know, but really now, um, my mental health has really gotten better because I'm out back. I do wear a mask at school and stuff like that. And I have to social distance and there are certain precautions and stuff like that, but I think it's definitely, uh, made my health mental health better in terms of covid um being back in person for school and being able to see my friends and stuff yeah
0: big those are big big turning points from where we were then till now for sure one of the things that happened was the inspiration that your book created and i mentioned to you that there was a podcast that was heard literally on the other side of the world and a group of second graders in a school in Australia ended up writing a book because they were inspired by your book how do you feel about that
8: i mean it really feels incredible um looking at my like personal experiences with reading books i've been kind of ex- inspired to you know write on my own and stuff but really like feeling it in someone else's perspective like someone someone took in uh um inspiration from like our book that we wrote and they decided to go do something um on, on their own and really made a good twist out of it and created their own book which was um really incredible and it just feels really cool that like we inspired another group of children to like write a book about their experiences during covid I always
0: think there's a great quote about a butterfly can flap its wings here and create a tornado on the other side of the world, right? <laughs> and that's what you guys did. I had no idea that you were getting that to happen or that that was even a thing. And, and I think maybe a good lesson for all of us to remember that you never know the impact that you'll have on the world you know you've got to get out there and do the things that you love and share what you what you can share and then let it do its thing because somewhere in the world somebody could be inspired by it yeah incredible the other thing that i mentioned is that you had both you guys had actually voted on the organizations that you wanted to donate the proceeds to and we were able to donate $2000 to those organizations so that's pretty incredible
8: what do you think about that news that it warms my heart so much honestly it makes me so happy um i i've really never had like a large sum of money that i could donate to an organization or a charity or something and i honestly I didn't know that we were going to make that much proceeds and be able to donate that much. You know, I think it was kind of in my mind, it was something that was like it might be doing little, but it's really the thought that counts, you know, that type of thing. But we really like donated some money, like two thousand dollars is a lot of money that people can be using for so much good. So it really just has made me happy. And I know um, talking about like the butterfly effect that you just mentioned that two thousand dollars is not only inspiring and uplifting the organizations that we donated to but really that money going forward is helping other communities and families and students and kids and you know mothers and daughters and everything so it really it just makes me happy the difference that we kind of made and put forward there
3: yeah
0: beautiful beautifully said and yes
8: it's it's pretty incredible
0: what you guys did and and the impact that you've had and will continue to make because it's still out there and things are still happening because of it, like this podcast happening, right? Yeah. So I think that's uh, just a terrific lesson for all of us and something that you know the listeners can take away is just a huge incentive to get out and do something that they might want to do and help place, people or places or organizations that mean something to them. Yeah. So Brooke, what's next for you now that you're in high school and uh thinking not quite ready to be thinking about next steps, but what what do you foresee down the road as next things for you?
8: Yeah, um I just um I've always been like a big planner and like looking in the future for myself. So um trying not to jump like too far ahead of my life, just thinking <laughs> about now. Um I think that like super, super like today almost. Um I was just actually sick for a week, not with COVID or strep, but with tonsillitis. <laughs> um, I didn't even know what that was before, but um, I was gone out of school for a week, so I missed some school. So I'm trying to get my grades back up and get caught up on work and stuff. But mainly i um, focusing on myself and focusing on volleyball and my mental health right now. I think those are some of my big things. And then keeping in mind, um, actually just bought a t-shirt the other day, kind of manifesting what I want to happen in my life, but I'm already looking um, into going to Denver university and playing volleyball and going to the Daniel's business school. And that's kind of like my main goal right now. So I've really been like working for it in that. And yeah.
0: Excellent. I love that. Put it out there. Let the universe (laughs) respond. Right. Mm -hmm. Very good. We'll make sure that that picture gets up too, so that they can see it. We'll tag them. Great. That's exciting. And and I'm glad to hear that you found a place with volleyball. Both of my daughters actually played volleyball in high school too, and they loved it. They loved it. So it's such a fun sport to watch and to play. Good for you. Well, thank you. It was great to talk with you. Great to catch up with you. And I wish you all the best with everything that's ahead.
8: Thank you. You too, Kelly.
0: Well, I am really grateful to all of you. You know, Chase says that it changed his life. And, and I really think in a lot of ways, the experience that you gave to me during that time was also life-changing. As, as we were all trying to write that boat at that time of life, um, at that time in history, getting a chance to work with all of you was something that just anchored me as well. And so the impact that you had on me was tremendous. And clearly the impact that you're making on the world because it continues is still happening. And and I hope that of everything that you take away, you do recognize that you each have a gift and that as long as you just do your best to share it, you'll make a difference. So thank you. Thank you to all of you. It's been a pleasure. please, please keep in touch. Let us know where you are, what you're doing, how you're doing. Um, we're We're always here. We'd love to hear from you and
4: and thank you again.